right? Low, low energy. Low energy. I've got nothing in my locker. Okay. It's going to be a terrible record, mate. I've just got nothing. All right, well, let's, um, let's, let's, let's do your warm-ups, Nick. Let's do, do your warm-ups. Do my stretching. Oh, that's good. Uh, right, so, um, I, don't know, I don't know how you warm up for a podcast. Oh, just adjust your stand, your mic stand like that. There you go. Yeah. How do you warm up for a po- podcast? What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't warm up for, like, training, so <laughs> for, for quite massive Brilliant. warming up generally. Yeah. Brilliant! You should uh, you should do an advice podcast about fitness, running, and tech, mate. With, uh, <laughs> yeah. Those sort of bon mots. Just do the opposite of everything I do, and you'll be absolutely fine. How do you warm up for? Uh, how do you warm up for one of your one of your one of your gigs, Nick? Uh, for one of my gigs, okay. So what I would do is um, essentially spend two ha- two hours having like an anxiety attack. Sure, that sounds um, that sounds healthy. Gets me nice and pumped, ready for a show. Right. That's good. <laughs> There's, there's, there's no, there's no better energy on stage than just like a pure, pure anxiety attack. It's like real vibe off that. I get very like, um, like that kind of sensation of like, just ultimate impatience. Just like, come on, just want to play, just want to play, just want to do a gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's insufferable. So I don't play gigs anymore because I hate it so much. Well, that's uh, that. Re- that reminds me of our Lord Jesus. Um, no, that reminds me of. Um... <laughs> That, that, that does remind me of a uh, fitness running and technique. Um, Go on. <laughs> well, we've talked we talked before, haven't we? About there's the and this is something that you're new to because you're 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 one of these boring event people now who goes to events and tells everyone can't, about events. That they've can't been stop to. eventing. Can't stop eventing. Can't stop eventing. Um, take the boy out of the event, but it doesn't work. Mm. Doesn't work. Um, uh, yeah, that that pre-run anxiety when you're not in control of the clock anymore. When you can just put your trainers on, and go. That's brilliant. Mm. How are you? How are you as a person who has a two-hour meltdown before um, playing an instrument that you're very proficient in? Uh, how are you? I won't go that far. How are you pre-run then? How are you doing dealing with that? I suppose yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a similar vibe, just probably not quite as uh, not quite as intense. Um, but yeah, I def- I'm definitely I'm definitely antsy. You know when you. Well, kind I, suppose, of like... I suppose people haven't literally built their whole day around coming to see you run. So. Well, yeah. Unless yeah. your family are there to support you, Nick, and you know, adding those ten percent, ten percent gains. Yeah. No wonder my performance is so poor. <laughs> Fucking wankers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh sure, you're heavily pregnant. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. We'll get mm. to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you stand what? there in the rain. <laughs> I did offer. I did say for the last run, I was like, "Come over, come over and watch." And I'm glad I didn't now because it was kind of like a bit of a. I would say she just sat in a cafe. That was a. That was a basic watching position for people. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds ideal. I'll, I'll come and watch your next race, mate. Like mm, don't please cafe, don't like a... <laughs> please don't because then the old anxiety will kick in. So I can sit in a cafe like a trooper. Mm. And surely you you wouldn't be able to resist getting involved. Surely. I'd just be there. I don't care about my jeans. Don't yeah. care. <laughs> Get oh, me in the God. mix. Running, running jeans. People would be, oh, look at that guy. He's in, he's in fancy dress. Like, no, no, I just couldn't not run. <laughs> I was at the, the gym the day and I saw a fellow playing five-a-side football in jeans. I was like, wow, you're, you're on a different place, planet, mate. There were, there were some people running in jeans at that thing I did with the kids the other week. It's just not good enough, is it? It's a bit like, you ever been to a wedding and someone's wearing jeans? You're just like, yeah, all right, mate. You know, we get it. You're, you're better than everyone with your jeans. 
Were they were they just too cool to too too cool for a suit? Too cool for a suit, so they wore jeans because that's cool. Mm. Yes, yeah, exactly. Can't be doing that, can you? You've at least got to wear like you've at least got to you know fuck with a chino. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Basically, you you sort of jeans fabric, but trouser cut. Yeah, you've at least got a, but you've at least so got to like have a nod to the fact that you're at a li- also. The one I'm thinking of was it like it was like a Catholic church wedding. It's not like it was a a humanist kind of of well speaking of humanist weddings. I went to a humanist wedding, right. and uh, Hannah said to me, "I was like, all oh, right, so I wear she a suit." Wear your jeans, Nick. Wear your jeans. Well, this is it, John. I said I'll wear a suit, and she's like, "No, no, no, you don't need to. It's it's they're humanists. It's going to just be a, it's just in their garden. It'd be a nice chill affair." Everyone's just going to have their dicks out. Don't do it, John. <laughs> I, rock, I, rock, I was like, okay, fine. So I rocked up in jeans and a shirt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, obviously everyone was wearing suits. Obviously, L- it's literally a every single person there. It's a and, I know. I, this is what I said. I said, Hannah, it, it's a wedding. Obviously, everyone was going to be wearing a suit. Why did you talk me out of this? So yeah, I was just incredibly self-conscious. I did that thing when I was really self-conscious about it. I just literally started every conversation with, "Oh, I'm wearing jeans. Look at this. <laughs> State of this. Her fault. Just so you know." <laughs> you and full Brenton, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it doesn't seem to matter whether it's a humanist wedding or a Catholic church wedding. Uh, jeans are just no-go. Why is my phone ringing? Why are people calling me on my landline? Who's calling me on a landline now? I never answer. I'm just going to unplug the phone, I reckon. Not now, obviously, but like at some point in the future. I was hoping you would because the ringing's annoying me. I know. It would, it would go to voicemail in a minute. There you go. It's got to voicemail. 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 VM. You're going ch- to check that, are you? Nope. So, <laughs> that's, honestly, it's just such a waste of time, that phone in my house. Never never answer it. Never check voicemail. My theory is, if you know me, you've got my mobile number, you can call that, if you're that bothered. So, Good theory. Yeah. That's one of the, it's like a 90s hangover. Oh. Do you know your own home phone number? Yeah. Oh, nice. Only nice. because it's like quite a memorable number in of itself. Can't believe you got number one, Hinkley. <laughs> yeah, Hinkley one. <laughs> oh. I, love, I, love, I love that when people answer the phone on telly and they and they do that, their, their place name and then a number. Yeah. Like, that's how people used to do it, didn't, didn't mm. they? We never did oh, that in our house. I feel like that was, that's a bit like um, where you want to kill all the bees. It's kind of like a sign of the middle class, I think. Reading out. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, a callback. A call, a call back to last week's episode. <laughs> well done. That was nice. It's uh, yeah. Um, I've I told you a... about. Go oh, on. Go on. No, 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 you, no, you go. <clears throat> just some, just some number-related content while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I've, t- I've, t- I've told you about the number plates in Guernsey being just numbers, like actual number plates, not letter plates, not You're... alphanumeric plates like you have in England. You haven't, John. And frankly, I'm furious. How how could you possibly have not told me this before? They're just numbers, mate. Okay. And so. You know, you know, over here, people would get like, like if we were rich, po- when we're rich podcasters, yeah, right? yeah. when mm. when the Casper dollars come in, the first yeah. thing I'm going to do, how's that? Is I'm well, go- how you, how's that going, my boy? You it's, going, it's going really well. Still, still running at a twenty pound loss like, overall on the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our domain came up for a new, so that's another thirty quid. No, down, still running a fifty quid uh, loss on the project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the first thing I'm going to do with the Casper millions is I'm going to buy one run R as a number plate. <laughs> Okay, so people know that I am I am the number one runner. <laughs> okay, just in case they're like confused. It's, it's, it's the number one, Nick. Yeah, yeah. And then it's R U N, and then it's R. 
Okay. F1 runner. Okay, so, so you're going for like that uh, early 2000s um, tech bubble kind of naming system. Of, yeah, uh, or, I'm, yeah. or I, might be, I might be able to get R-U-N-P-0-D, RunPod. Might okay. get that for your okay. birthday. For I mean, you. RunPod's not, not the name of... I mean, not, you keep referring to this as RunnerPod. It's not actually... That's not the name of it. But now you've even shortened that further to RunPod. I'm going to get R-P-O-D. <laughs> <laughs> I did RPD. Um, well, in, in Guernsey, you, you can't do it. You can't have that sort of fun. No, because <laughs> that sort of top quality bounce. Because there's no there's no letters, mate. It's just numbers. Mm. It's numbers everywhere. Numbers all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> on, but how long are the numbers? Well, so <clears throat> your standard your standard number your standard number was like five digits, right? Yeah. So if you wanted to be a baller, you'd get four digits. You'd you spend some time finding a four digit plate, and you buy that for for money. So there's no so, so fundamentally, there's no more than like ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Well, cars. I think I think I think maybe they got six six numbers now. Maybe okay. Um, uh, you you got your four digits. Obviously, what, what's one better than that? One better than that is one fewer digits than that. So you got your three digit plates, right? Can you guess where you could go after three digits? I mean, it seems obvious, but I'm, I'm scared to say. You got your two digits. Okay, it was obvious, shit. <laughs> and then obviously you got your single digits. And that's, that's there's not enough digits there, I mean, there's not enough numbers. So it, to... doesn't, it doesn't do like zero, 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 no. one. It's just one. No. no, just one. So who's got one? The, the there's the, there's a there's a fella called the bailiff and he's the he's the head of the states he's more like the speaker than the prime minister you uh, you come from some sort of dickensian yeah like alternative yeah. don't you yeah the bailiff the bailiff does he drive around does he wear like all black and he's like well no, he's just he's a regular bloke mm. it's always a bloke by the way um, <laughs> uh it's a re- regular fella, but his his work car, his special one, has it's got the number plate one. And the governor, who's the queen's the queen's fella over there, he doesn't have a number plate. He's too special. He's like fuck all of you. I'm not playing this number game. This oh. is just this is just an arms race to the bottom. I'm having no number plate. Wow. Tell the queen if you don't like that. That's what he does. Um, <clears throat> so there's not enough numbers there. So some some Where- people go, oh well, let's get let's maybe get all the fives. That's a number plate. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll pay a hundred quid for that, or a grand for that, or whatever. People got into buying their phone numbers as number plates, mate. Where Where are you in the in the in the reckoning here? Are you? What's your number? What's my number? What was your number when you <clears> were <throat> over there? I can't remember what any of my number plates were four six three five double six. Or was that my sister's phone number? I can't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, it's your sister's phone number, mate. I don't really remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, that rings a bell. That could be. That was either a number that I had rings a bell, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Don't talk about my sister like that, man. <laughs> I've never met her. I'm sure she's lovely. She's a lovely lady. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's. I don't know what to say to that, John. Really, imagine thinking I've got a couple of grand here. I might, I might just get my number. I, I want to sync my number plate and my phone number together. What a great idea! <laughs> that's, that's efficiency. Just say, but, oh. But then they ran out of they ran out of phone numbers, Nick. So they they put um, oh this is, they they put uh, they put an extra digit in front of everyone's phone numbers, and it cucked everyone. Just screwed everyone up. Yeah, yeah screwed yeah, everyone. Yeah. 
It could be quite. I mean, you could if you made that a requirement that mm-hmm. your number plate is always your phone number. It kind of like it really limits the issues around like if you have a crash, mm-hmm. you just ring the number on the number plate if you need to like call them. I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the number plate's there for you to identify people, so it's... I don't That's think you've come up with a hack. No, yeah, you've, you've, you've really proved me wrong there. The, the, you've, exposed, my, you've exposed my lack of knowledge. <laughs> the, the, definitely the coolest person in the island, though, was the one who had a Renault 5 with a number plate 5 on it. That pierced through my cynicism as, a, it really? as an eight-year-old. Yeah, not, I was not, like, what about the guy who had 69? Nice. Or 420? I mean, those are, those are probably cooler. Four twenty. Four twenty. Four twenty. Maybe that's a millennial thing. I think. Uh, yeah, probably. Do some research. Not, not sure what that is. Do some research, mate. In- incognito mode, or yeah, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> keep on the DL. <laughs> Get your VPN running. You don't want the, don't want fuzz coming after you for googling four twenty. Right. <laughs> oh well. So that's all the material I've got on on uh, phone numbers. <laughs> okay, on number I'm amazed. <laughs> I, I mean, it's. Uh, it's it's remarkably it's still less than we had on uh, on juice so it's yeah. um always these little gold mines I was at, um, I was at a, a, a bake sale yesterday and they did refer to the squash as juice so mm-hmm. I laughed everyone I thought <laughs> everyone's, what's wrong with him yeah and I was like do you not listen to my podcast <laughs> you you members of the Streetly Beavers troupe do you not listen to my podcast it's just no. as well it's got an adult filter on it <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit blue. Little and bit now, blue. We've, now we've dropped 420. I mean, we're going to be red hot. Um, oh, right, I've, I have got a topic, John. It's a bit of a downer, though, so I'm going to leave it to you to vote whether we do it. <laughs> oh, God, you're like the David Cameron of this podcast, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 have, I have got something terrible here. It's yeah. up to you lot to decide if you want it. Have a referendum. Have a referendum on Nick. And it, but it is genuinely a downer. It's a genuinely it doesn't have to be a downer as such. But I'd say it's uh, if, you, on, if deliver, you deliver the will of the people. If you li- if you listen for the laughs, you might as well just stop right now. You've had your laughs. I allowed John fourteen minutes of laughs, uh, and now we've got a downer subject. Oh, God. but what, what? What? It's all right. It's all right. I'm 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 now taking it as a personal challenge to turn whatever whatever this ship is around. Don't worry, my um, my never-ending, self-deprecating and self-loving humour will probably get us through. So, Good, mate, good. Uh, right, so, actually, genuine... I feel a bit sick. Sorry. <laughs> Already? Oh, I'm, I haven't I'm even started. Worried. I'm worried about... No, 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 don't be, don't be. I've probably built over too much. Uh, genuine trigger warning, though, to... <sighs> no, t- John, this is... We've got to be... Keep this legit. Right. Uh, genuine trigger warning to anyone who has uh, any issues around eating disorders or anything like that. The stuff that I'm going to talk about for next however long, uh, you might find quite triggering. You might be okay with it, but I wanted to at least say that before we start. Okay? Was that that was very serious of me, wasn't it? Y- yes. Okay. Cool. I, it, it feels like it's going to be very hard to turn this around. <laughs> You've, well, st- the gravitas challenge, that you've just laid down there. Challenge accepted. <laughs> the on. gravitas path that you've put down. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, okay, so, I mean, we don't have to talk about it, John, if you don't want to talk about it. If you want to leave your... Oh, well, then I'm the baddie. Yeah, oh, you're a baddie. Right. I'm the baddie. Come on in. Uh, yeah, so, um, and there, is a, there, is a point, there is a point to this that we, we will come to. Uh, but, um, 
so you and I, where can I, where can I start this story? Uh, okay, so you and I went on a trip in December. Okay. I think. Um, with work. Yeah. And at that trip, uh, one of the people at work gave a presentation um, around their own struggle with eating disorders. Do you remember this? Were you there? I was there. You were there, yeah. And at the end of their presentation, they talked about their, their own eating disorder. And they had a list of, we had a slide with a list of things to look out for in your loved ones that maybe you might want to kind of address if you recognise this in in people around you, you might want to have a conversation with them, right? So I'm looking at that slide and I'm like, well, that's just a that's just a checklist of my life just being uh, presented to me. So maybe I want to have a think about this. And it was a right. lot of things around kind of um, quite obsessive behaviour around body image, uh, around kind of tracking food, things like that. Uh, and lots of things were kind of like, I was looking at this going, hmm, you know, Maybe that's not quite as healthy to be kind of uh, hmm. be like that as I thought. We've also discussed before on this podcast about my patented meltdowns, and we kind of make mm-hmm. a bit of a joke of it, but kind of reflecting on it, going, "Yeah, I'm not sure that's the healthiest thing either." Hmm. Uh, I'm actually kind of um, stepping away from the word "normal" here because the more I talk to people about this, the more I find that uh, pretty much everyone I spoke to has this some of this kind of experience hmm. uh, within them but yeah I was certainly kind of like recognizing behaviors in myself around um, mental health around body image certainly and I decided to go and see someone in I don't know January February maybe I've been seeing her for a while hmm. um, and it's all going pretty well it is, hmm. it is good uh, and but one of the things that we discussed recently but I thought I haven't talked about this on the podcast because I kind of felt like, oh, I'm not, you know, there's maybe some relevance, but maybe not. But there was something that I've been working on with her recently that probably is quite relevant to our podcast and to our discussions. Hmm. Um, I was talking to her about uh, running, which okay. I suppose actually isn't that relevant to this podcast. Um, no, 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 it's wrong show, mate. <laughs> wrong show, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to her about um, the new about Apple Bluetooth Watch. headphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was talking to her about running and I was talking about... Um, this idea of like, when I go for a run mm-hmm. and I go out and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was, that, was a, that was a really good run. And then I like look at the time mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, well, that, that was a complete waste of time, wasn't it? Because I was like 10 seconds per mile slower than I wanted to be. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, what was the point of that run? And kind of like my behavior around constantly comparing my training to other people's and kind of essentially... Mm-hmm something that was meant to be a positive influence in my life and certainly mentally ended up being uh, quite negative because I was constantly, uh, you know, bec- becoming this kind of like obsessive nature over it, constantly comparing myself to other people with it, you know, mm. going through Strava, looking at your times going, oh, John's quicker than me, you know, and kind of ending up making myself feel bad about a thing that I was meant to really enjoy. So she challenged me hmm. to run without tracking anything. Nice. And Interesting. <laughs> it was quite funny because, as you can imagine, through the last, what, four or five months, hmm. 
Hmm. Um, I've had to discuss some difficult stuff with her. I've had quite challenging um, experiences. She's challenged me to change a lot of things about my habits. Mm-hmm. But her saying to me, yeah, next time you go for a run, just like don't time yourself and don't measure the distance, mm-hmm. felt like the most mental thing anyone has ever said. I was like, what? What do you mean? Uh, so before I go further, like, have you ever done that? Have you ever kind of just not tracked a run? Yeah, because I keep forgetting to charge my watch. This is uh, one one run a week at the moment where I get out and my, my watch dies. So oh, um, there you go, then, makes me feel very anxious, mate. It makes you feel to anxious. To not be tracking. To not be tracking. I'm like, but... So, what, so what's that? Because that's interesting to me because I think I'm in the same boat. What, that was immediately, immediately I was like, whoa, anxiety, whoo. Like, what's your kind of... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm using anxious in an overly flippant way for which I should probably apologise. No, no, no. An- anxious, a, anxiousness is still like... a real talk. No, no, no. Anxiousness <coughs> is a thing. Whether you're talking about like literal anxiety. Hmm. But like you can still be anxious about things. But like, yeah, so how, what, what's anxious about it for you? Well, that that I won't know how far I went, and that I won't know how far I ran, and so therefore I won't have a benchmark to judge what I've just done by. Um, also, that I'll end up with like a one mile run on Strava, and people go, "What's he doing? Yeah, is he all right? Has he broken his knee? What's what's that for?" Um, so that's confusing. Um, so there is a bit of um, not you know not that I've got much of a much of a need. For, for this but there is a little bit of managing your um your social self mm-hmm. and the way you're presenting to others you don't you don't want to look like somebody's flaked out on a mile run mm-hmm. that, that would look weird um and and also because of how I've, i fit in it seems to always happen on the same day that particular run is always quite tightly time boxed for when mm-hmm. i need to be back and because of the way I've got my watch set up, I have to regulate it by the time elapsed on the run or my current pace. Mm-hmm. So you're back. So you mean so you're back in time to get back on time. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly I can't do that. So I have to start mentally thinking what what time was it last time I looked, and how fast was I running? Okay, well if I go this way and keep this pace, I should be okay mm-hmm. to make it back for my call. Because I don't want to be trying to fish out my phone to to verify that. And so it makes me anxious about being home on time. Okay. So I think I share quite a bit of that in terms mm. of... Um, so, I th- well, let, let, me, <coughs> let me clarify, actually. I think what I tell myself is, oh, but if I don't track it, then I won't know if I'm improving my performance mm. and all that sort of stuff. And, and we can come, come back to that. But um, I think one of the reasons that as I started to think about this challenge you've given me hmm. is that I think a big reason that I have my runs tracked and synced to Strava is essentially to prove to people uh, that I'm not fat. It's like literally, look, look, I'm, ru- I'm running. I'm running. I-, I can't be fat because I'm running. And like, that sounds pathetic as I say it, but but that's kind of what I think is probably the unhealthy thing about my relationship with tracking and publicising my running activity is that I think... So it's that performance of, of who you are. Yeah, it's saying, hey, yeah, like, look, look I can't be, can't be a fat guy because I'm running. And then obviously when it comes to, like, pace, it's like, oh, well, I'm running quicker, so I must be less fat. It's, like, all about fat right. for me. It's all about whether right. I'm fat or not. And right. 
it's like really getting to the point where I don't think that's a healthy relationship to have with with anything that I'm doing. Not even just running, but like gym work or food or whatever. Like this whole thing of trying to prove. And um, and I think one of the things I really picked up on was I'm carrying this injury at the minute, my Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, or a sti- I don't know if it's an injury or a stiffness. And I think I did it. You know when I had to chase the dog? <laughs> After the, te- after the 10k I think I did it then right. um, but I did a run and I, I deliberately took it slow because I was like yeah I'm in pain and I'm worried that I'm going to aggregate this injury and I had such anxiety on the run of like oh my god I'm going to put a slow run on Strava I was like what mm-hmm. am I going to write I'm going to have to put something to explain why this is slow mm-hmm. and I'm there and I'm like no one gives a shit no mm-hmm. one's looking on Strava going oh Nick was 20 seconds slower per mile there I wonder mm. why that was. Nobody cares. And even if, and even if they do care, they don't think, oh, Nick was 20 seconds slow on Strava there, probably because he's fat. Like, <laughs> the only person that is having that conversation in their head is me. Yeah. So, but I had this whole anxiety of like, but, but if I don't track the run, then it might as well not have happened. Like, I'm, I'm almost like a data completist. It's like, yep. now, it, like, if, if, I, if, I tr- if I don't track it, then... What was the point in tracking any of them? It's all gone to shit, and it's whatever. trees falling in the wood stuff, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of, and that's why when she said it, I just started laughing because I was like, of all the things that you've sort of asked me to do, this is by far the one that feels the weirdest. Right. Um, but I did do it. I did last week. I went out on a run and didn't track it. The ideal scenario, as discussed with her, was. Um, to not only not track time and pace, but not even have any kind of like bearing on anything. So no idea of distance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just always, enjoy yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just go and be, go and experience the moment. And we've discussed a bit about like when I was doing the events that the ru- the running. What I really enjoyed was like a lot of the things that I do running for were kind of put into second place to experiencing the event and, and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff. It was a completely different kind of vibe. And, um, yeah, so she she was sort of encouraging me to do something similar along those lines to just try and get out, avoid, even even try to avoid, like, looking at the clock before you go so you have absolutely no idea of any kind of, like, measure. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to do everything on that list because, a bit like you, I had a window so I had to run a route that I roughly knew the time on, mm-hmm. um, but I did I did change it up a little bit so that I didn't know the exact distance. But I, mm. I knew like a rough, like I think it was between three and a half and four and a half miles. So I, I like knew it was roughly there, and I I made a point of like not timing it, um, not. Uh, it probably got automatically tracked, I imagine, through my Fitbit, but I've not gone back and looked. And I have to say, like, it was different. It was like a different experience. Mm. Getting back, what I was most struck by was that I got back off that run and I didn't have, a, I didn't have any data and I actually felt, I felt almost no anxiety over it once I'd done it. It was like actually, actually quite freeing to, mm. to be there and be like, it's like Schrodinger's run. It was like, it could easily have been my fastest ever run. It could easily mm-hmm. have been my slowest. I think the reality is it was probably in the middle. Hmm. And it was probably just at my normal pace. But it didn't it didn't really matter. It was just like 
I was going out there and it was solely being done for the sake of the run and for myself, I guess, like, because no one, no one knows about that run in, hmm. if there's no record of it anywhere in history, it's not going to like, I'm not going to be analyzing the splits and looking at how it's trending against my other runs. And yeah, it felt, it felt, um, it felt different for me. I think you're a bit different to me because, because when you go for a run, right, you're like, you will mix up your route just as you go, right? Yeah, I will. But one of the problems I'd have in really being free um, in the way you're describing is, is that my mental map of where I run is made up of 5k loops, 10k loops, same. one mile extensions. Yeah, same. So it's like, oh, I've, I've, I've got an extra 10 minutes. I can, I can take this side path here and meet up back with here and then do that. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I think it comes from from training towards those those distances. Yeah, I have to kind of mentally plan. Oh, I want to do thirteen miles this weekend. I want to do fifteen miles this weekend. So I need to do this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit. And it's like a like a jigsaw puzzle. So, yeah, yeah. And you're 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 suddenly saying the same, and I'm not acknowledging that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. And and I think so. One thing I'm thinking about doing is if I want to explore this further, is mm. um, I might actually like just drive out to somewhere that I don't particularly mm. know. Um, or somewhere that I know well enough that I'm not going to get lost and die. But like, I d- mm. I've not run it very. I've not run it before, so I don't know distances. Um, and I think there's a there's a there's now I'm now this weird place where like I'm definitely seeing. I've only done it once because yeah. I've not actually been out for a run again since. But I'm sort of in this place where I feel like that was a really positive experience for me. Mm. But I also had a conversation with you last time about this kind of wanting to run a join a running club yeah so that i can actually push my pace a bit further and i mean i mean this weird kind of um tension of like running is a thing i want to train towards and become better at but mentally i'm not sure that i'm dealing with that very well and i'm not i think i think i can suggest a way in which these two things aren't competing with, with one another in, in which um, in which they sort of support one another. Okay, go on. Let's, see, is, let's see if it matches my idea. Oh, you've, sorry, you've really got an idea. No, no, but I, I, go on. Offering unwarranted opinions. No. Like that's, a man. That's what we're here for on a podcast. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like if you if you go to a, a running club, your, your goal will become part of a group goal for mm-hmm. the activity that you're doing. And so, in a sense, it's there's no opportunity for you to blame yourself or to overly praise yourself or to build in those associations that you think might be un- unhealthy. It's like, so tonight, this group is going to run at this pace for this distance. And you're like, I'm going to sign up communally to that and let's go. I, I think that uh, you can hide in the group a little bit and not feel the weight of all of that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that basically where you were, where you'd got to? I think that where I got to is probably not the same. They're not the, probably not the same reasoning, but probably the same outcome. Which is, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I can mix this up. So I could mm-hmm. say, okay, well, if I want to go out and run, if I do decide to join the running club, mm-hmm. that's when I track my runs. I track my runs with the running club. Okay. When I'm running for myself, I just run for myself, and I just mm-hmm. I don't track. 
Um, and I think I've, that's kind of where I... And then, like, again, same events. I'll track an event mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, tracking it when it's part of something bigger, which I think is kind of what you're getting at as well, is, like, when it's not just me out there on the alone. Mm. Um, that feels like... It gives it a different context that I think... And, and I also think that that's, you know... The point of going to the running club will be to improve my performance. So it makes sense to track my performance at that point. Mm. Um, events have a lot of other things going on around them, but you can kind of go, oh, yeah, well, if I'm doing 10K events, then I can, like, there's a PB I can work towards. And there's often, like, you know, the event where I was slower, it was like, well, I know why I'm slower. It's because, like, the event was really crowded and I couldn't get through. And, like, there's less kind of... Um, pressure on the time i guess um and maybe i'll still track some individual runs i don't know but i think maybe it's just having this kind of like almost asking myself before i go out what is this run for is this a training run where i Mm -hmm. want to work on pace or is it a run for my own mental health in which case if it is treat it as such and Mm. you know treat it differently um so I think that's kind of where I'm I'm falling with it. Um, unfortunately, at the minute, because of this Achilles thing, I can't shake. I'm just a little bit apprehensive to go out at all at the moment, but but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> that's kind of uh, the point where I felt eh, this is probably worth bringing to the to the show. Really, um, was when I went through this experience. But feel free to ask me any questions you want about the uh, the other stuff. It's entirely up to you. So I just want to go back to the, the kind of the original provocation to go and um, speak to someone about this stuff, actually, mm-hmm. because I'm, I may be misremembering the talk a little bit. Excuse me, I've just got a cough. <coughs> what a surprise. <clears throat> um, I may be misremembering the talk a little bit, but if I think about the things that might have triggered this thought process in you that came out from that, um, we're talking about a lot of behaviours that actually thinking about your health trained you into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so being a calorie counter, for example, mm-hmm. and being someone who who worries about the, the, the kind of the complete journey of like when you're having what foods and what that means and how that's going to affect how you feel and look tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You kind of you kind of got trained into that by some professional advice and a technologically enabled fitness culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wondered if you could kind of speak to that a little bit. So yeah, and I think this is related to that that the Strava thing as well, right? That I'm wondering how healthy it is to have a quantified self constantly, mm. where you're tracking everything about yourself and making judgments about yourself at literally judging your uh, success as a human being based on data that you've collected about yourself um you discover as well that kind of or i've discovered through doing this work that like let's talk about calories mm-hmm. the, the actual calories and um, the variance that you're allowed on food labeling for calories is something like it's something ridiculously high it's like 35 percent or something so wow. the calories that were printed on there could be 35% either way on a piece of food. Wow. The calories that you get tracked through your um, f- 
smartwatch, through your phone, through the gym mm-hmm. equipment, just massively inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So you end up like, you know, essentially you could be going down the wrong path with these, these sorts of things. Um, there was a thing that she spoke to me, talked to me about quite early on. It says no one has an issue with their food until they go on their first diet. You know, hmm. you don't, before that, you don't think about it. You know, it's not like a thing that you're a, get get hit up about. But now, now, as soon as you start doing it, you know, you are, you're basically in that world from that point. And I can, I can definitely feel that um, uh, kind of in my life. And um, I think I've been, I've been, uh, so, so I completely agree. Like, I can totally see this kind of uh, quantified self thing being a big, in a big driver of this. Hmm. Um, possibly not for me. I think there's a lot of more deep, deep rooted stuff. Um, but I, but just to speak to the technology, I she asked me to keep a a food diary. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, here's a Word document to fill out. I was like, well, I'm obviously not going to do that. I'm obviously going to find an alternative way. And John, don't think that I wasn't trying to build a third-party application that spoke to a Google Docs API so that I could build an app to track this rather than uh, fill out a a Word document. Um, But I I eventually found an app that um, is essentially built for people um, who have these sorts of issues that... You can track your food, but you don't track any data around it. But right. it's really hard to find that app. It's really hard. There's only about three or four in the app store compared to the hundreds that are basically like MyFitnessPal clones where you track your calories or whatever. Right. Um, it's a uh, it's an app called 8, as in like A-T-E. Eight. Um, <clears throat> and what you do is you just take pictures of... Um, your food when you've eaten mm. and at that point you can leave it at that if you want um but you do have some more granular options so you can actually record at that point like okay what was i feeling why was i eating who was i eating with where was i eating like so you can actually record um some more kind of qualitative data around that not quantitative qualitative so like why you know how was i feeling when i ate that hmm. um you can in the app as well say like, okay, what's your what's your goal? Why are you doing this? And then when you take a picture, you've got two, you've got two options. You can say, yep, yeah, that's on path towards my goal, mm-hmm. or that's off path. So you, your goal might be, I need to eat more regularly. Mm. And if you eat regularly, you can go, yeah, that's on my path. But if you like, I don't know you go six seven hours without eating, you. Mm-hmm. Um, say that's off path or whatever or you might say you know eat more vegetables I do whatever your goal might be so there's no like it's literally okay what is your individual reason for doing this and was this on the path to to getting there or was this something that you consider was maybe not and as I say you've got you for me I so I I managed to convince her to um, get the app and follow me so I didn't have to fill out these word docs and I could just take the pictures so that was that was useful for me. Uh, over the last few weeks, she's asked me not to track and see how I get on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I felt a little bit weird at the whole idea of um, sort of saying like, you know, oh, I have an eating disorder. 
for me, it feels a bit disingenuous for someone like me to say that because I'm not, I sort of look at it and go, well, you know, I'm, you know, I've, I, I feel like other people look at it, well, what are you talking about? You're, you know, you haven't, you're fine, whatever, you know, fine, what are you talking about? But isn't, isn't that part of the problem with talking about these things is that people in, impose those judgments on it? It is, it is, but I think even for and that, my, was, that was part of that talk that we had in, in yeah, that trip, actually. for sure. And, and even for myself, <laughs> but even for myself, I'm looking at myself going, would I say I've got an eating disorder, like, or, you know, or whatever? And what I'm reflecting on now is like, but if I looked at my, myself when I was 18 mm-hmm. and I was 24 stone, that person had an eating disorder mm-hmm. and that person never, never dealt with it. That, mm-hmm. The only thing that person did was lose weight by diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. I never actually dealt with the underlying cause. And, and she said something to me, which was quite, again, it seems obvious, but she said, you don't get to 24 stone without some underlying psychological issue. Like that's not oh, a wow. thing that you just do. There, 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 there was something. Wow, that's, quite, that's quite a strong uh, thing to learn someone. Well, no, but, like, but it, within the context of like yeah, the conversation, yeah. it's... I appreciate it, but it's still, that is still quite a... But I think it's something that has to be addressed, essentially. And I think what what it gets at is, like, I might have lost weight, but it doesn't mean that the thing that kind of drove me to that, that that unhappiness that drove me to where I was, wasn't, didn't really get dealt with in any explicit way. And that relationship with food, all it is now is, like... um, the relationship with food is still there. It's just that I control it, <laughs> like I push it down. But the the impulses still exist, and that's the thing that I really want to kind of get to the point of addressing. Um, and I have to say, like, I don't know, I can't remember how long I'm doing it now, but I mean, I've had I've had so much positive uh, outcome out of it, and, and it's not like. I always expect with therapy or anything like that, that you it's like in the movies where you go and you'll have this like eureka moment Mm. and it's just not like that. It's just like really, really slow progression and slowly retraining your mindset um, to like, to just react to situations differently. And like take a minute in situations and just like think it through a little bit. A lot of cognitive behavior therapy, a lot of this kind of stuff Hmm. uh, where you sort of like take a moment and you actually sort of say, hang on a minute, you're having a reaction, you're having a feeling, think it through. What's the actual reality of this situation? Because you're reacting to something that might be a perceived reality. Hmm. Um, So there's no like big eureka thing, but I think... Kind of accept, kind of accepting that, yeah, like I wasn't just a fat guy. I very likely had an eating disorder. It's probably a, quite a big, important thing for me to recognise to make continued progress. Hmm. Um, so there's a load. I mean, there's a load. Oh God, so much has like <laughs> so much has happened and gone through my head and stuff. But like, I'm actually feeling in a pretty good place of it now. Really good place. Um around so things like sorry i realize i'm going on but like if i if i go clothes shopping right right and i know objectively that 
you could pick up two T-shirts in the same shop, the same size, mm-hmm. and one will fit differently than the other, right? Right. So I know that objectively. And I know that, you know, if you take, like, the average sample across my clothes, I'm, like, mm-hmm. basically a large, sometimes extra large, like, okay. you know. <laughs> but um, the way my brain works around that stuff is, if I try a large and it doesn't fit, I go, mm-hmm. oh, well, all those other larges are wrong. I'm clearly, you know clearly extra large and similarly if i try like an extra large mm-hmm. on and it doesn't fit i'm like well literally every item of clothing is a lie um i am clearly an xxl so do you know what I mean that's how my mm-hmm. brain copes with that um and it, i have that kind of same thing all the way along in terms of uh body image and size and all that sort of stuff so it's a lot of that stuff that i've been really trying to work on and not be <laughs> this way about and that is definitely something that I can speak to a, an improvement on. You know, buying clothes that just fit and not worrying about what the label says and not freaking out when something doesn't fit. Hmm. Yeah, I went to Decathlon the other day. Shout out to Decathlon, Brilliant. as always. Uh, and I know, anyone who's ever bought any clothes from Decathlon knows that their clothes run small. Yeah. And... But I would previously have had, like, a real anxiety about buying a 2XL from Decathlon because I just mm-hmm. see it as a failure. Right. But I was like, no, I want my... I was buying a couple of new gym T-shirts. I was like, I like to train in loose-fitting clothes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the extra-large fits, but it's not how I want it to fit when I'm training because I want mm-hmm. a nice, baggy <clears throat> T-shirt. So I was like, I'm just going to get a 2XL, and it's not going to be a problem. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like... I know they run small, so I know that, and just. Mm. It, but the difference is that previously I'd know that, but I'd still feel shit about myself. And I think what I'm improving is being able to bring a bit more of that objectivity into it. I don't think many people have got that objectivity. Um, not 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 to sort of diminish that you had a problem with it, but more to praise you for getting to this point. Like oh, we. <laughs> We're, tra- we're trained to think of ourselves as a size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. um, and so, yeah, I, I, think, I think a lot of people struggle with this, certainly certainly as you, as you change sizes in various times in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, other than when you're a kid, when you change sizes because you grow. But, um, yeah, you, you, you kind of you get it in your, in your head and you are told that you are a particular size and then you, you go for those things and you do ask questions when, when things are different. Um, and sizes themselves change over the years. Like, right. I've still got some stuff of my dad's that he had uh, that's like a large from when he was alive and like back in the day. And those mm. things are quite baggy on me and they're larges. Mm. But like now, like fashion dictates that those sizes themselves and what they mean changes and cuts yeah. change and all that sort of stuff. But we don't have that. I think every. I think you're right. Everyone has this. Everyone has this struggle. Like I'm, talk, I'm talking to... Uh, every single one of my mates I've talked to about this has had some level of this kind of yeah. kind of experience. Well, there was a period a few a few years ago where, like, um, I couldn't where I I, w- I would have thought of myself as a quote unquote large, mm. and I couldn't get into extra large tops in a lot of shops because at the time the cut was very narrow through the shoulder and chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like no chance. Yeah, no chance. I put I put the XL on; it would be like a tent around my tummy. And I'd feel like it was pulling my traps up to my ears mm, yeah. to, to get into it. Um, 
and yeah, you know, I just I just thought, oh, oh well, I'm in my mid to late thirties now, but obviously fashion's ended, so <laughs> I'll just um, I'll just get go and get some um, some Gildan XLs and just, uh, just that'll fade, be life. fade away into the night. Yeah, I think the difference there is that's a completely rational thing for you to think. Whereas I think I, I would in that situation go, oh well, I guess I'm an, an enormous piece of shit again. <laughs> like I think that's the thing that's unhealthy. Well, yeah. I think it's all unhealthy, but, but like yeah. Yeah. that's the real problem for me is the reaction to that experience mm. and the way I use it to quantify myself. And you've you've said these things to me before anyway. I remember quite vividly you well on a drunken trade ride ride home once. Oh god. You were getting quite angry. What what I say? No, you were getting you were getting quite worked up. Uh, essentially, telling oh me I had God. body dysmorphia. Um, Called we, it. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> who, who had who had body dysmorphia in the sweet states? Um, but yeah, you were but you were basically saying like you know you see yourself as a thing that you are not, but and that is like I think a lot of people have it. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to a good friend of a show this weekend or last weekend mm-hmm. just gone. And he was like, yeah, I can look in the mirror um, one day, see one thing, next day see something else. Mm. I think a lot of people have it. I think for me, I get that we have it. It's just my, the way I react to it is just not, it's it's probably the biggest thing that I want to work on. It's like understanding that it's going to happen, maybe trying to ease it so it doesn't happen as much, but also just tempering that reaction, that emotional reaction to it. Man, that's... uh... Got anything on juice? Well, the problem with juice is the calories in it. And if you... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dear. So, not, like I say, didn't want to bring it to be a complete downer. And it's not. It's actually been a very, very... I'm glad that I've finally done it. I wish I'd done nice. it when I was 18. <laughs> it's been... Um, that's, that's, that's been some really interesting perspective on a lot of things, really. Um, I think it's something in there for anyone, even if, for everyone, even if they... They aren't in quite the same place as you. Just to just to question these um, these motives we have for the things that we're doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we've mentioned it before. Like, eventually, you know, I'm, I I can't because I'm a few years older than you. I can't be that far from any sense of progress in my stats falling off a cliff. Mm. Um, uh, because I'm gonna I'm just gonna get older, and um, I'm not gonna get stronger. I'm gonna get weaker. So. I don't quite know how. I'm sure they've. I'm sure they, that they've been around the block long enough. But these um, these stats apps are going to have to find some way of keeping me uh, locked in mm. because I'm not going to see gains soon. Speaking of the stats apps, speaking of Strava, do you think? I don't know. Maybe you do. What? I wonder if Strava has like a private run mode, as in I can run, track it, but not publicize it. I think it probably does. Because I'm wondering if I should just go over to that full time, even if I do track it. Maybe mm. it's much more healthy for me to not have these things public, regardless mm. of whether I track them or not. Would would just using your Fitbit app not sort of do that? I think yeah. I think I might. I think I could make a Fitbit thing um, private quite easily. I mean, well, you don't quite you don't quite get the analytical data that you that you don't actually want. 
Well, you know, you do want it for some of your events. Oh, yeah, no, no, I do. I, that's how I track my runs at the minute. I track them in Fitbit and it syncs over to Strava. So I could just turn the syncing off. Mm-hmm. Keep it in Fitbit. That's not, some, bad. Um, not bad idea. Some, some quick uh, kind of related things in terms of stats and measuring ourselves against people, Nick. Mm-hmm. Good job neither of us did that, uh, that 10K at the weekend that we looked at. How come? One of our former colleagues won it, so that's fine. Won it? Dave? Yeah. yeah. Of course he did. Of course he did. What was his... Bloody, r- bloody runner. What was his uh, What was his time, just so I can feel um, super bad about myself? It was sub-45, sub but not that close to 40, but it was a tough old route. As it is off-road, wasn't it? Yeah, off, off-road trails, very, very hilly, because I've, I've run a, another event in the same place, mm. and it's a slow-ass course. Um. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he won that. He won that. He got a trophy. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> See, that's the thing. So, so well done, well done to him. I'm just wondering, do I need to accept that I'm never going to win an event? I think that's probably what I need to just accept now. Yeah, but you know, you you you've got kids, so you're going to be confronted constantly with them asking you if you've won or if you're going to win your event. I'll just be like, look, I, I got a medal. Medal. <laughs> got a medal. medal. I was like, everyone's a winner. We will win our own personal battles. <laughs> Also, I was very excited during the Sutton Fun Run to see a lot of people with uh, T-shirts from either the Drayton or the Draycott Manor. Um, it's not Drake at Manor. It's Drake at Water. Drayton Manor. Drayton Manor, Draycott Water. Um, and uh, and Draycott Manor and Drayton Water are other events that you can attend. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people out, out in those in shirts from that event, which I was, I was pleased to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of like looking out thinking, are any of these... Uh, that, the new listener who who, who who ran that event who was looking for Nick did they recognise me they didn't recognise me you see John all I'm saying but is but someone did come up to me at the end who was wearing a Drake Manor t-shirt and said oh alright mate I was uh, I was sort of alongside you and your wife for a long time well done you dragged me around I was like thank you are you the guy who listens to my show oh. <laughs> no I didn't ask that I didn't ask that I well, did wonder I did look at him I did look at him I gave him like a signal all i'll say john is mm. if you'd have listened to me about 20 episodes sure. ago and sure. had got you know like a runner training tops for us yeah then people would know at these events they would in fact we should do it just for pure advertising Advertise- just red bubble mate red bubble we'll go on there just have you don't look a runner and then have runnerpod.com about i'm telling you that would be bad news we're just on the books we're now uh running negative 100 so it's fine i mean actually when you said negative 50 earlier i didn't want to say it but i mean you're missing out a lot of expenses that we need to run through because i think we're <laughs> we're already in free figs if i'm honest uh, and that's before we take into account our uh, charitable work oh <laughs> yeah well, i had to put that through my taxes the other day that was a that was a sore point put that through yeah as a you know as as, as a business i think it's i think it's very um it's very not not woke. What's the word? Just just great, just great of us <laughs> We're just the to best. to uh, donate um, sort of like three hundred percent of our profits. <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable. Bill it's Gates. Everyone's talking about how much Bill Gates donates. Does he donate three hundred percent of his income? Because we do. <laughs> I mean, like he literally earns millions and then gives away millions. Yeah, like, we just earn nothing. And what give is? Away hang on, wait a minute. I'm just quickly do the maths. What is three hundred percent of zero? <laughs> Oh, shit, it's still zero, mate. It's still fucking zero. Shit. Actually, oh, well, we can go 300% wait. then. Hang on, I've just put that in the calculator, John. It's coming out 420. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't, you, I, don't, I don't know your memes. Yeah, well, don't, just, you know, just give it. Don't understand. Don't understand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in the show notes, though. <laughs> no one will no read it. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm going to put 420, question mark. 420, Google it. <laughs> On, in, on incognito mode. 
Oh, we have big, big time, big time. Oh, oh, right. Um, got anything else? No, I'm going to go for a swim. Oh, okay then. We can talk about swimming next time. <laughs> okay. Well, when, also, when I, 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 John, just next time speaking of swimming, I still need a new uh, fitness tracker, so maybe that's a big topic for next time because I am I am lost in a sea of options. Hang, hang on. No, we no. just we just work. We just spent an hour working through. Well, you need to not track anything. I'm a complex enigma, John. I still need to track. Every, you know, I still need. To, and now you want me to find you a swimming tracker? Well, no, just a, a just a watch will do swimming. That's all I want. Really. Just a watch will do swimming. I'm not sure if my watch will do swimming anymore because I seem to have cracked it, and I don't know if it's water. Oh dear. Might go for a swim and find out. Let's do it. Right next week, fitness watches swimming. Well, is it going to be next week, Nick? Yep, next week, John. It won't be next week, but you know what I mean. Next week. Yeah. You so know what you, I mean by next week. Well, I'm just what I'm trying to do. I'm trying. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to set up the idea that we might not be on a consistent publishing schedule of weekly episodes for a few weeks. Well, you've already you've already talked about that. We're definitely not going to be De- next week's a definite no no because you're away and I will. Om- I would definitely have had my child by then. I would hope. Um, Good. Right. So, so next de- week we're not recording. The week after that, we'll see. <laughs> okay. See how it goes. Right, 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 right. How can people get in touch? Well, they can't. They can't follow you on Strava anymore. So that's out the way. Well, they can. They just might not see a lot of action. Oh, same like Twitter again. Yeah, mm. I've bravely quit Strava. Um, um, so if you uh, if you want to contact Nick, please dial Hinkley One. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tweet us at RunnerPod. And uh, we will see you when there's babies and I'm not on a work trip. Peace. Uh, 4.20 Google it. When you actually find out what 4.20 is... That's actually a very funny joke I made, but um, yeah, fortunately you don't know, but it's a very funny joke. <laughs> that, that's a good joke, Nick. Yeah, incognito mode. For, I was I've just typed four twenty. Google it. That's that's wrong. Yeah, just four twenty. Yeah, and then the twentieth of April, twenty twenty. That's what it says. It just says used to refer to cannabis or to the act of smoking cannabis. Yeah, a four twenty friendly hotel. Is that it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's it's just it's just a weed meme that literally everyone on the internet knows, and I'm amazed you don't know it. The fact the McElroy brothers do it constantly. Oh, we don't talk about the podcast on this show. And the meme is four twenty blaze it, which is why four twenty Google it's so funny. That's that's a good joke. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm glad I had to explain the, the humour behind that. What? I'm wondering if four twenty Google it will be a Google whack. You don't get Google whacks anymore, do you? Do not. Searching 420 in Google Photos does exactly what you think it does. <laughs> nice.